listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cut through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello and welcome to a special Season 2, Episode 10, Part 5 of the Retail Razor Show. This is the fifth and final episode in our multi-part series recorded live and in person at the NRF 2023 show in January. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. And I'm your co-host, Casey Bolden. Welcome to the Retail Razor Show, retail's favorite podcast for product junkies, commerce technologists, and everyone else in retail and retail tech alike. And welcome NRF fans to our hot take hashtag NRF Live, the miniseries. Well, Casey, we are at the last episode in our crossover event with Jeff Roster and his This Week in Innovation podcast. And this is a, a special final episode to close out the series. Thanks to our sponsor, Avanade, that graciously allowed us to record the whole series in their, in their fabulous lounge space overlooking the main expo floor. For this final episode, Jeff and I were fortunate enough to sit down with Avanade's Greg Jones, their North America lead for retail and consumer goods, and also a friend of ours to recap what we saw at NRF, talk about the state of startups in retail, which Avanade actually hosted three startup showcases during NRF with Microsoft for Startups team and our fellow retail avenger, Shish Stridharn. And two of our podcast guests came from those showcases, the 1M Robotics and ZBlox. Uh, they're both part of that program. And of course, I know it's always near and dear to your heart anytime we talk about retail startups. It is. So a big shout out to Avanade for supporting and sponsoring this crossover. And just wow. I mean, this whole series has been a celebration of retail and just showing us what NRF was all about this year. Absolutely. And, you know, this discussion with Greg really highlights what I think so many in the media have been missing about the retail industry that is really a more positive outlook about what's to come in 2023. And you know, we hear about all the, the negative things that get reported, but that wasn't really the mood. Uh, at this NRF, and, and we talk about that in this in this episode. You know, positive in the sense that even with all of those headwinds that are out there and global problems and everything, retail still finds a way to innovate and finds a way to deliver great customer and employee experiences. Yes, and and the customer experiences always begin with the employee experience, and often that starts with what software they're using or lack thereof. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Really enjoy this highlight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's dive right in and listen to our conversation with Greg Jones from Avanade. Hello, everybody. We are back to wrap up our NRF Live series that Jeff Roster and I have been fortunate enough to speak to a number of fascinating folks during NRF week. And graciously, as Avanade has sponsored us and gave us the space and facility to record, we're coming back after the show now with Greg Jones from Avanade to kind of talk through what stood out to us, what were some of the highlights of the show, and uh, you know, see what uh, where we think things are going to go next. So, without any further delay, Jeff, what do you say we just dive in? Absolutely, let's get let's get it going. All right, so pleased to welcome Greg Jones from Avanade. Greg, why don't you introduce yourself, and kick us off, and tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing at Avanade. Yeah, absolutely, Ricardo. And then, look, thank, thank you both, yeah, Ricardo and, and Jeff, for the time and the, the opportunity. I think uh, we're all yeah, really excited 
collectively on the on NRF. Yeah, it was obviously great to be back in back in person and, and yeah, great to be able to have this conversation as well because there's a, a lot that, lot that got learnt and a lot that kind of excited the industry as well. So a bit of background. So Greg Jones, I run the and look after the North America practice here at Avenard for retail and consumer goods. Uh, Avenard, you know, for for those who don't know, was a, a joint founded organization back in 2000 between Accenture and Microsoft. We're a global system integrator, you know, over 60,000 people globally, but very focused around industry as a whole. And, and retail is one of the priority industries that we have. And that's what we yeah, definitely brought together as part of Avenard as and at NRF was the opportunity to be able to showcase some of the capabilities that Avenard is delivering. So bringing all of our expertise together. So I've been with Avenard for two years. And prior to that, I was with Microsoft as part of the global retail team, looking after everything from partner ecosystem and business strategy for quite a number of years. And again, pleased to be able to be here with yourself and that and Jeff. Well, thanks very much for, for joining us, Greg. What what do you give us your sense of, you know, obviously, Avenue, you guys had a, a number of really great activities during NRF. You had the uh, the breakfast session at the beginning of the week. You had uh, some startup showcases happening with Microsoft for startups. Why don't you, you know, give us what you think are some of the highlights from the various activities. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about what things stood out to all of us from the overall from NRF. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to say yeah, we we did a, a lot to be able to to really bring you know the the view of retail in the current climate as well. So we needed to make sure that you know we were coming to the event with capabilities um, and some of the the demos that we had that were very focused around helping organisations you know get the value out of what they've got now as well. And and I would say that you know retailers as a whole yeah you know, have never faced such a, a volume of, of or a variety of challenges as well that that's facing them at the moment but it's also facing and and making some tough decisions that was part of the conversations that happened throughout NRF is that people are there to look at where they need to be able to pivot and how to be able to pivot their organizations you know during the, the current climate at the moment as well and i would say you know through the discussions there were two primary challenges that were were being discussed which is the the need to control costs um, and also to you know, protect margins and the need to be a responsible retailer as, as well and around you know, doing what matters in the current climate, being able to still ensure that delight experience for the customers. But there's also an element of the employee experience that really came through as part of the discussions that we had, in particular a breakfast panel that we did during NRF where we had you know, the chief HR officer from Northern Tools and Equipment very much talking about the importance of the employees and how through enabling those employees can continue that delight experience and, and be that you know, continuation of that brand engagement with customers as well. So yeah, it was actually really interesting on, on some of the elements that, that came together. The way that we really came you know, to NRF was to be able to look at what we're calling, yeah, we call it Reignite Physical Retail, which is really bringing that physical retail and you know, obviously the online worlds together and how to be able to you know, look at all aspects of that, that journey or you know, what we're calling the, the customer as the only channel is how to be able to engage with that customer through all aspects of the channel of engagement, how we can help retailers and being able to do that. Yeah, it was great to be able to see that the messaging landed very well with the, the client conversations, you know, the discussions that we had with, uh, with customers was very on point in regards to you know, the, the challenges that they're facing and how we can definitely help. But there are also some surprises out there as well that we can talk about a little bit later as well. I'm, I'm curious in, in some of your client conversations, so some of the things I heard fairly consistently, and you, and you mentioned it at the beginning too, is this idea of 
you're trying to find and identify the things I need to do as a retailer to make my operations more efficient, to kind of lower that cost basis while still doing it in a way that's not going to impact my overall customer experience, particularly in store. Now that I think we can all agree that we can put to bed all, all those worries about stores going away and being yeah. narrative for so long that you know we can now all safely point to and say, yeah, that's not happening. Stores, stores are here to stay. But were any, you know, was that a consistent theme that you heard as well? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the stores aren't going away at all. You know, we've all heard that the business models of stores have to change, you know, and that's that's no secret. You know, if you're looking at new store designs that are, are coming out across the globe of, of how to be able to provide more of a curated experience, you know, and that, that in itself, I think, is just part of the new business model that, you know, retailers are having to be able to make sure that the, the stores are, you know, the showroom, it's that way to be able to bridge their online channels with the physical channels. And that pivot, I think, definitely has been occurring more so post-pandemic as well. And I think that's where where people are now starting to see we need best best of both worlds. You know, we're seeing Nike as an example that are, are very much looking at redefining their their store environments you know, through that whole direct-to-consumer engagement and and element that they're they're driving for as well, which I think is is super, super cool in regards to what they're doing. And that's it's it almost like if I look at you know, the Nike store in New York, it's a it's a destination. You walk past there and people are there to, to experience yeah. that, that whole engagement point. But I think it also came back to some of the, the fundamentals as well, where retailers are, are sitting there going, we've invested in, in a lot of technology over the course of the last three years. Are we getting the most out of that as well? And that's, again, that was a pivot of the discussion on kind of doing more with less or doing more with the investments that they've already made. And, and looking at ways to be able to really squeeze the most out of those investments. Is there opportunities to be able to consolidate? Absolutely. But it's also a way to be able to look at maximizing the investments that they've already put into place. So I'd be def- definitely curious, like you know, Jeff and, and Ricardo, I mean, from discussions that you had with, with customers, did you look at that or hear in regards to getting more out of the investments that people have made to be able to, to reach the, the goals that they wanted to achieve? You want to go first, yep. Ricardo, or you want me? Yeah, sure. I mean, from, from my perspective, I, I definitely heard quite a bit of that. Uh, you know, wh- what do I need to do to extract that benefit right from everything I've already invested in? I, I kind of, I tended to hear that coupled with, you know, this recognition that I, my goal isn't to cut a cost, right? My goal was to gain efficiency, to, you know, strengthen some aspect of an operation that perhaps when I when we first created this new capability, the goal at the time was to just get that capability out there with, with not too much regard for how expensive was it going to be to deliver it. And now was the time to figure out, well, now that I've delivered it and we have this cap- this customer-facing capability, how can we do it in a more efficient way? And if that means I have to invest in, in another you know, supplemental capability on top of that to help facilitate the overall reduction of the operational cost long-term, then that's okay. There was some recognition that that might be necessary. But I think I I saw as a trend that uh, anyway, if there are a lot of really interesting new technologies out there, they were being viewed with the lens of how does that make me more efficient or how does that make my operation better versus where, you know, the last NRF, I remember that the, the thought would have been, well, that's really neat. How, how, how well received is that going to be if my customer sees that, then therefore I need to have it. Yeah. Which is a very different lens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, one of the, as I said, yeah, one of the surprises that, that I saw and certainly heard across yeah, the entire show, show floor was, yeah. You know, Leading into NRF, there was certainly, yeah, there was, yeah, 
amplification. There was obviously the buzz that was happening about the metaverse. How is that being applied? You know, retailers that are looking at that, brands that are, are definitely jumping in and, and, and exploring and engaging with the, the metaverse for their, for their particular brand. But I was actually quite surprised that you know, I didn't see walking into, you know, walking into the Javits Center yeah, I remember the days where you know, AI was the, the big topic and you'd have banners all over the place in regards to AI this and you know, AI-empowered retail and you know, what AI can do for you and your customer experiences or the, the wonderful world of big data. You know, it was kind of all over yeah. the, the place. Walking to the Javits Center, didn't see anything in regards to Metaverse. Now, and then visually, just in regards to it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily there as a you know, welcome to or the, you know, the Metaverse is changing the world and enabling. And I think Part of that is is the fact of people are still on not on the edge, but they're still looking at how that can be applied and what that is going to do for their engagement. But also from an operational standpoint, given the current climate as well, is around do we look at supply chain visibility and inventory, our employees, how do we gain control of our, our entire data estate? Do we do that? Or we do metaverse. It's kind of there's a there's an interesting kind of like mm-hmm. almost like a, a an internal debate that people like it's it's there, understand it. It's kind of it, there's a new way to engage, but there's other things that we need to be focusing on as well. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. Is in the first three quarters of my career, I was about adoption. You know, my Gartner and IHL days. Where where are we in adoption? And it's interesting, kind of even talking about the M word metaverse. You know, a lot of analysts that I'm friends with are going back and forth and are saying, well, I didn't see any metaverse stuff there. Well, you should have went up to the innovation lab because there was plenty of that there. But it, but the thing was, and I agree with you 100%, Greg, there was, I, I don't think I saw the word metaverse once, but there was all the components of it, which is why I'm really such a big fan. Uh, and yeah. I got this first from Microsoft, mm-hmm. the term immersive commerce, because it's not right now, it's, it's, I don't think anybody's looking to buy a metaverse solution, but boy, you sure can find some very interesting stuff around holograms. You can definitely find a lot around mm-hmm. 3D objects. You can definitely find some yep. stuff around around augmented reality. Not so much on the on the on the on the goggles yet. I, I kind of get that. I mean, you know, I, I don't know know they see that, but boy, when you start thinking about what Ulta's doing with Roblox, what Home what see, not Home Depot, Walmart is doing with Roblox, you are in you're really seeing that immersive commerce pieces begin to pick up. And it's almost like there's a maturation in how we message, how the vendor community messages this stuff. And it really, I, I didn't mm-hmm. see, I, it just felt like a very mature approach to, to the show. Just nothing, nothing, nothing yeah. like yeah. screamy. There's a great example I'll use. It's one of your competitors. So I, I, I'll, I'll be nice <laughs> and not use it. But there was one. A few years ago, there was like a, a, a certain signage that was everywhere. And it was like, you know, it, I don't know. It, it seemed kind of silly. So I th- I just felt like it was a really, really mature way of going about the business of not just adoption, you know, technology adoption, but also also the, the, the push towards innovation, definitely on the, you know, in the, in the innovation lab and definitely, it, you know, in the Microsoft for startup stuff. I mean, there was some crazy yeah. interesting technology. So I, yeah. I love that balance, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I'm not sure, yeah. I'm not sure my, my fellow analysts though picked up on that, that nuance because they're not chasing innovation. They shouldn't be, they should be worrying about where, what, you know, where, where we are in adoption and boy, that's, that's going to be a fun thing for us, yeah. some of us to chase, I think in the next, next 18 months. Well, and, and you know, there, there's some things I saw too. So, uh, I mean, I agree too, what Greg said that you, know, that you didn't see metaverse being flashed around everywhere like, like we had 
you know, in places last year. And, and I agree with what you said, Jeff, that there are a lot of components about it spread out and, and lots of different places because, and I kind of perceive it that as, you know, some of these components have useful things you can do with them today. Whereas I think everyone is still kind of figuring out what's my truly useful revenue generating thing that I can do that's customer facing in the metaverse that I, I know is going to work with the customers I have, or what, what can I do that's going to attract new customers for me? And I think everyone's still kind of figuring that part out, but there's some things, you know, I, I, I saw people thinking about and talking about digital twins, which I view that as a metaverse use case. Absolutely. Um, I you know, want there's a whole session. No, I on, want a digital on that one. twin. I want it. I want me so I can go in and have two or three people going around the show. That's <laughs> yeah, so, I, so your own digital twin can go <laughs> and do my some own interviews, right? <laughs> and go, go talk and to I some still, startups. I still, so still want to. I think we had a startup about that. Yeah, yeah there you right. go. There you go. That's and right. I, I still yeah. only covered yeah. about fifteen or twenty percent of the show. I mean, I, it, it was unbelievable how complex that show yeah. was to cover. I mean, it was yeah. man. I it just so there was so much stuff, and then we haven't even talked about you know the stuff that was happening offsite. Really, really, that show is yeah. just absolutely maturing yeah. and, and exploding. Yeah. Well, well, well let's, let's kind of drill into this theme a little bit on what some of those new things were that it, it may not have been metaverse, but, you know, I, I, for example, I mean, I still saw some things around Web3 that I think were pretty interesting, particularly connecting with loyalty programs, you know, which I see as a trending, trending thing. And then also saw some things around micro fulfillment that I think continues to be maybe isn't a, a new topic to talk about, but still I, I would consider it new in terms of adoption to your point, Jeff, you know, where are things in adoption and ways to apply it. So I think a lot of interesting things in, in pockets and different areas and particularly with what different startups were showing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll jump onto the, the startup side. So as as you both know, yeah, throughout the course of NRF, every day we, we in partnership with Microsoft, brought together a number of, of you know, very interesting and unique startups to be able to, it was more of an opportunity to be able to just share share what are some of the things and, and organizations that are out there, the problems that they're trying to solve. And the way that we broke it up was, again, very intentional. So the first day that we had, we focused around what we were calling the intelligence store. So really looking at the, you know, kind of what is happening around that physical store element. Yeah, there were some interesting interesting startups with the likes of shopping, right? So shopping, you know, it was a more of a smart cart, frictionless shopping approach where yeah, it's a it's a, yeah, it's a self it's a unit that then mounts onto a shopping cart. You can then pick the product off to the shelf, put that into your basket, transact on the at the cart itself, bag your products, go and put it into the car, and then you just put the you know put the yeah you know, the the rack back onto the the charging station. Again, a a cost effective way to be able to pri- provide that frictionless shopping experience. And then you had others with you know, if I look at the likes of you know Path or AI. Which is yeah really starting to look at not just around measuring traffic, but it's also looking at the analytics of that physical world, understanding the shopper behavior within the retail stores, but it's leveraging the infrastructure that's already in place as well. So being again cost conscious, but being able to drive and 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 pull value out of what's in the the store. And that was there were that was a couple that we had on on day one. Day two again we pivoted around what was happening in the the current days. So it was around looking at unified commerce and supply chain. So yeah, we had yeah organizations like Next Billion AI again looking at you know scale and managing the mapping ecosystem as well and and yeah tackling complex location based problems and how to be able to use AI as a means to be able to bring you know geography and scale together to be able to look what was happening. You then start to, to look at the likes of you know Pocket you know. And Pocket themselves is, is really a sort of a, a checkout platform that helps businesses access and retain 
that the digital native shoppers globally. And it's, it's really, it was quite interesting on the way that they were looking at merchant partners, looking at shelf analytics and, and, you know, being able to bridge the, yeah, bridge that online and, and in-store experience. But the day three was the one that kind of, I think, blew people's minds a little bit. And yeah, Jeff, it comes back onto what we were all saying about, about Metaverse. We did have a session on Metaverse, but it was to be able to bring different elements. You know, you start to look at this, you know, this commerce approach. You start to look at how, you know, different types of capabilities are, are being enabled. Now, one of, one of the startups that we had there was, was phenomenal. I mean, it, it, you could have had an, an hour just with this particular startup called Deep Brain AI. And they're, they're all about, you know, conversational artificial intelligence. And they were talking about stories of, you know, in the Asia region where there is a mainstream news program that instead of having a, 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 you know, a physical host hosting the, the TV program, it's a conversational AI and a, it's an AI-driven you know, engagement that happens. And then radio stations that are, you know, we're on a podcast, but you know, it was kind of scary when they started to talk about, you know, again, this conversational AI and how that could become the voice of radio moving forward. And that was one where it was good to have it sort of on the last day because it, I think people were just like, oh, you know, last day, we're sitting down, that's all good. And then there was all of a sudden this, well, hang on a minute, what, what, what are you talking about? And it was actually, it was kind of, it, it created a lot of, lot of great follow-on discussions as well, but it was kind of, again, there was an opportunity to be able to bring something new to you know, customers and, and anybody that was able to, to come past our showcase. Yeah, that was the one with the, the Howie Mandel avatar, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. 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 So they were up in the, they were up in the innovation zone. That's actually real. I mean, Howie is sending his, his yeah. I don't know, what do you call it? His AI out and you can license that and for a, a, a cheaper rate than having Howie come out personally. I, I, I was shocked by that. I mean, yeah. not shocked. That's probably yeah. too strong, but you know, again, that innovation versus adoption. Wow. You, you can, you, you now can, you can take pounds, dollars, euro, rupee and say there, there is money being generated and. Obviously, it's just, I mean, that's such a, a crazy scenario, how that's going to play itself out. It feels really super metaverse to me. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah. I just, it's just, just to it's, say, the adoption, the adoption just is saying. there. The, the, <laughs> not, the, not just the innovation, but the adoption. When you can start going in stuff that we really, I don't think that was even around, what, three years ago, or at least before COVID. And now you, you can say, wow, there's money being generated here. That is yeah. rapid yeah. adoption. That rapid innovation yeah. followed by, I think, pretty significant adoption coming forward. So a lot of stuff happening there. And I think, to be honest, Jeff, that that itself is is part of the challenge for the industry, right? So as I said, yeah, three years ago, you would, I don't think we would, any of us would have been having a conversation about, you know, you know Harvey, Harvey out there with his, you know, with his AI and that is, and you can, you, know, you can purchase that, get him out there speaking and, and create this kind of character. You've also then so blend that with then the the conversations that really bubbled up on the last day of NRF around ChatGPT, right? You, and and you start to look at okay, as a retailer, how do we how do we what do we do with this? How do we consume it? How does it get applied? And I think yeah, collectively, if I look at you know, yeah the the three of us, I think there's a, an element of how can we help retailers really start to look at how it could be applied in that in that conversation of like responsible retailing. I think there's an element of, of, of a good conversation to have around that as well. Yeah, that, that one's not going away because every analyst I've talked to is is both intrigued and sweating bullets about, about that. Uh, 
Uh, since yeah. I'm on, I'm on the other We're side the of my career. Of I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. You know, let me just let me just have this absorb all this in, um, unbelievable amount of information, and then and um, you know, spit out some content and let me edit it, and then just you know, roster's opinion edited or you know, created by ChatGPT and and edited by me. And it seems fine to me as long as somebody's sort of validating that. Basically, it basically, it's just ghostwriting. So what does that what does that mean for retail? I mean, how? How are they going to process that? How are they going to absorb that? Man, we're, 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 we're really out on the edge when we're, we're talking about that. And just imagine if by next year, where we've really now spent six months, eight months, nine months, really beginning to live with this and seeing and seen podcasts. I mean, there's a podcaster that's already interviewed the AI and, you know, it's, yeah. it, it did a live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. And that's, yeah. we're only on the, the <laughs> earliest edge. So. So when I look at that, when I look what teams are going to need to do, what uh, what retailers are going to need to do, we've always been screaming about, you know, the era of intentional innovation is upon us. Boy, oh boy, that's on that's on steroids now. You, you yeah. live streaming. What are you going to do with live streaming? Are you going to be comfortable having your store associates out there presenting your brand out in all kinds of environments? Are we going to over engineer mm-hmm. that live streaming like we probably yeah. would have done ten years ago? Hopefully not. You but, know. But and, now you'll also have the option that maybe if for your best store associates that do that, right? You could have yeah. their digital avatar do the live streaming for them while they're still that's, helping a customer in the store. Uh, I mean, it, that that just think about I it mean, that that's way. Just and, a, and, yeah, that's and an absolute just taking it next level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just thinking out on some of the. I mean, you know, sure. everyone likes to talk about the customer service use cases, right? Where Today it might be, you know, the what what every consumer probably learns to hate the chatbot on every, on every retailer's site that tries to solve their support questions when they come and ask. But now, when you have something like a ChatGPT trying to solve those, you might actually get meaningful responses, and the consumer won't even realize that they're talking to an AI if you don't tell them they're they're going to get the answers they want and move on. You, know, you can think of it in, in like call center applications. I can think of, you know, I I think to me those demos that we saw from like the DeepBrain AI, there, there's got to be an example there of whether it's Howie or some other celebrity type, you know, pseudo endorsement, right? Standing at the, in a store window, kind of waving to the people coming by, offering to tell them about what great new thing is inside the store and to get people inside when it's just, it's not really them. It's their digital avatar. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be, it's, it's going to be really, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. I think it is exciting in regards to how it can be applied. I mean, I, you know, talking to my, my 17 year old son about chat GPT and he was just like, yeah, it's like, I've known about this for months. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you might, you might want to. You might have wanted to share that with me before I stepped foot at NRF, but that's, exactly. that's a different, different story. And the second question is, uh, how much of your homework has, has that done for you? Just <laughs> Has it done for you? <laughs> yes, there is, there, there is that, that subliminal sort of, okay, yeah. let, me, what, let, let, me, let me re-look yeah. at your grades and see if there was a spike exactly. in improvement. Yeah. Now I know, yeah. now I know why, but no, he's, he's a great kid. So, so, Greg, let me ask you this to kind of last thing here to close this out. With all these things we just talked about of, based on, on what we saw at NRF, you know, what, what's your take on w- where retailers go next this year coming out yeah. of NRF? Yeah, look, I think it's sort of coming, coming out on the, on the back of NRF. You know, I would say that there's the consistent excitement that is still there in regards to you know, the market opportunity. You know, yes, but their discretionary spend is starting to, to definitely slow down, and we, we see that in all the reports and yeah, discussions that we're having with our customers. I think yeah, really for for me, it's it's kind of the, the challenge and the opportunity is really just that bridge. Yeah, how to be able to bridge that physical and digital worlds together, you know, really unleash that that customer experience. And the other part of it is, is really around the data estate. You know, the the one thing and certainly one of the, the key themes that came up and, and through the discussions that we had is what to do with this vast amount of data that has, yeah, I would say significantly grown over the last three years, just given the the new 
new market opportunities, new direction that retailers have had to go. And there's a there's a need and a, and a desire to, to look at, you know, how do we try and get control of, of what we have as part of the data estate? Is there the opportunity about to monetize that as well? So if I really look at sort of the, the three, three themes, you know, data, data monetization, how to be able to, to do that, enable as sort of that bridge that physical and digital worlds and and drive the most out of the investments that, that organizations have had but being keeping that in a responsible way and, and i think you know, the employees you know we're having a lot of discussions with uh, with retailers in regards to their employee enablement and how to be able to do that you know in a responsible way as well we need we want to make sure that you know the associates are being given access to the right information to make them more informed and to be able to deliver a better customer experience but we also want to make sure that it doesn't open up, you know, kind of the other can of worms in regards to, you know, on the clock and off the clock and hourly employee discussions. And I know that you know, Microsoft, you know, is very focused on around that on, you know, the, the whole enablement and controlling access. You know, it's, I, I would say it's still, it's, it's an, exi- it's still an exciting time. And, and, you know, I just know that we're, we're all in this together to be able to help retailers through, you know, through where we are and how to be able to get on the, the other side as well. And as, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to NRF 2024. I think it's going to be exciting, but it's going to be it's going to be a journey over the, the course of the next few months, just on how how people are pivoting over the, the course of the of the economy as well. Yeah, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. And uh, I'm going to double in a little bit on one of the points you made that we didn't talk as much about earlier, but that I caught it in some key moments around the show. Maybe not necessarily always a, a, a big focus, but certainly lots of people talking about is. You know what kinds of things can be done that focus on supporting those store associates and, and frontline workers in, in the store. You know what's the technology doing to serve them? It, it's not a discussion, I believe, anymore about a technology that's replacing people. It's what's the technology that's helping the people that are there. Partly knowing that in most cases, retailers aren't expecting to hire more people in the stores. There's still a, an issue of, of you know where do I find enough labor yep. to run the store, and so you. There's that element of needing the technology, but I think there's there's now a renewed. I'll say, well, I don't know if I should say new or renewed, but there's an interest for sure now in leveraging the technology to make that store environment a better work environment overall for the team that's there, and you know, doing it in a way that causes people to want to do that job. I think that's a key differentiator from what I've seen in past years. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Almost the point where it was noticeable, I thought, uh, where. I don't, I'm trying to think back over the years was the discussion around the employee as, as predominant. And I, I just don't think it was. And I just wonder if that maybe is a kind of a, a fallout from, from COVID where we really saw how, how critical our mm-hmm. supply chains are. We saw how important people in those supply chains are, how important it is to have, you know, a working store, physical store in our neighborhoods when it came time to get, you know, milk or eggs or whatever. I don't know. It just felt, it just felt like a really interesting, it just felt like a better show. It just felt like a better experience. Yeah. It just felt like yeah. everyone was, yeah. I don't know. And if, if that, if we got that out of that mess, we've all been through the last three years, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was worth it, but, but at least it's something positive that came out of all that, all that train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I look at NRF as being, you know, it's, it's the big show. Absolutely. But this year was the big reunion. You know, it was really that opportunity for people to be able to get back together in person, catch up, have a laugh, you know, get, mm-hmm. and, and just reconnect. And I think it was it was absolutely yeah. it was you know, it was energizing to be able to be in that environment. But as I said, mm-hmm. I think it was very much the the big big industry reunion is really yeah. what NRF was about this year. Yeah, that's a good yeah. phrase. I, I even kind of think of it almost like a big reset moment, in that 
you know, everybody had been in sort of a mode in the last few years because of COVID. And this was almost felt like finally it was the, the one industry moment that let everybody get past that mood yeah. and to move to now we're ready to move on to what we're going to do to make this industry better. And I, I, I might, I would probably sum it up as much more of a collaborative note from an industry point of view on how we're going to do this than in past years, even pre-COVID, where it wasn't about what am I going to do, it was more about what are we going to do. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very much so. I like that. That's a good, good like point. That. All right, Jeff, any, any last thoughts? Oh, man, it just, it's so exciting. All that, you know, I, I was one of the 6,000 that was there last year, and it was just, it just broke my heart. And I just thought, my gosh, are we watching the, the end of retail? You know, and of course, remember that was all the talk about, you know, buy online, pick it up store, awesome, awesome thing. But then, you know, do we, are, do we even need this and all the last mile stuff? And I'm thinking, no, no, we're, we're people, we're humans. We, we want to, we want to gather. And when I walked in, well, starting with VIP awards on Friday night and then all the way through, get on the plane Wednesday afternoon or yeah, Wednesday afternoon, it just was all about re, you know, re-engagement, you know, return you know, the celebration of the human experience, which I think retail probably more so than any industry really captures that. And I just, I haven't felt as good coming out of a, a trade show probably, probably ever, actually. I just, and yeah, I'm, uh, it's, it, it's an exciting time ahead. There's tons of stuff for, for us analysts to talk about. There's a bunch of stuff for us focusing on innovation to talk about. And then there's just this tremendous celebration of, of what we can do as a society and as a, as a group and an industry. I'm, I'm really, really excited about the, about the 2023. Yeah. Yep. Greg, any final thoughts? I was going to say similar to Jeff, like excited about 2023, you know, the, you know, NRF is, it's really kind of the, it's the Super Bowl of, of the, the industry and it brings everybody together and there's the, yeah, the excitement around it. What I am definitely, you know, looking forward to is again, just the continuation of the conversations and, you know, it's, the industry is small. We know it's a very small world, you know, and can to be able to learn as we're all going through this through this year, just in regards to where we need to be able to pivot and, and how we need to be able to partner. And yeah, you know, really looking forward to yeah, you know, looking forward to a successful twenty twenty three together and and celebrating great successes in the twenty twenty four at NRF as well. Oh, I agree with that. Fantastic. Well, Greg, thank you so much for for joining us for this NRF recap. I know we, we, we all attempted to do this live in, while we were still in person during the show and had say, a few technical glitches that maybe just prevented us from successfully one, completing that. One slight one. Yeah, just, just one slight I, I have an uncooperative one. I have an microphone one, that, but... that prevented us from capturing the, all that gold commentary that we knew we were going to get. But, <laughs> but that, that, that apparently, aside. Apparently there's some technology that can help with that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll have, we'll, Jeff, we have to look into that for sure. <laughs> oh, man. For the next time. <laughs> right, all, all good all good all good well, well thanks again greg for joining us and thanks to avanov for having sponsored us and giving us the ability to to take on this series during nrf by letting us use your your space Pleasure. which was such a, a fabulous fabulous spot for us to to capture some some golden moments uh, with, with a, a number of really interesting people and in, that will, everybody's been able to enjoy in this series i was gonna say you're, you're always welcome Thanks very much. All right, Jeff, I think that is a wrap for this. Well, and thank you, Ricardo, for letting me shadow you throughout this whole crazy week. I mean, you know, we've talked about doing this sort of a thing for a while and man, what a yeah. what a crazy deal. What an awesome, crazy, fun way to cover NRF 2023. I think we've captured some good memories and, and uh, I cannot wait for what you and I have planned for going forward. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Quick little hint of dropping there for preview <laughs> <laughs> dropping for, that, that, for what's yet to come. So that's, we'll that, the term keep is those listeners and viewers the, anxiously the term, awaiting. The term is foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. There you go. There you go. All right. And with that, we will sign off. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See ya. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone. So, Ricardo, you have to give us some more details. What happened to the original recording of this conversation? <laughs> I, I understand there's a story. Yeah, there, there is. And as much as I'd like to find someone else to blame, I can honestly say I have no idea what happened. So, you know, Jeff and I set up all the mics, all our equipment, just like we always did in the Avanon Lounge for each of these sessions. But somehow, despite, you know, all the, all the sound checks we did when we start before we hit that record button, uh, when I went back to listen to that recording that, that I got a, a, on my Zoom PodTrack recorder, it turned out that Craig's mic was somehow just not functioning at all. And we only had his voice spill over onto the other two mics. So he sounded totally faint and distant. It just was not a useful recording at all. So Jeff and I had to go back to Greg after we all got back from NRF and we set up a remote recording session to wrap up the series. So of course that meant technically we didn't record this last one in the crossover series live and in person at NRF like the others in the series. But in exchange, you know, we get to show off more video podcasts this season with this one. Yeah. And hopefully some of our listeners became viewers on YouTube for this one. I also really love how you guys wrapped it up by talking about the energy and emotion that everyone brought with them at NRF this year. I was there, I felt it, and I don't think I've ever seen that much at NRF. Have you? No, no, I mean, that's 100%. That's so true. This was a really unique NRF. I have to give a special shout out to Jeff Roster, too, for for joining me on this little on-site recording adventure. We honestly didn't know if we'd be able to pull this off. For both of us, it was our first true legitimate attempts at some live on-site in-person recording at an event like this. Now, we, we, I got to say, we've all been so used to doing this remotely in, in our podcast and looking at each other like we are right now in a little square on our screens. It was just so amazing to have the chance to do this in person. It really brings a whole new feel to the podcast. Absolutely. I know I really enjoyed listening and watching these. I hope our show listeners and viewers did too. And I just, I adore what Greg mentioned Abinad is doing with those startup showcases. It's just, I feel it's really important at NRF. So now I have to ask, were you and Jeff hinting at the end there? Are we able to say something here about what's to come? Well, I think we're going to have to keep listeners in suspense on this one for a little bit longer, but Let's just say this won't be the last time you see our two podcasts team up. In fact, we may be doing something even bigger next time. So just stay tuned. Keep listening to the show. You know, keep listening to our show. Keep listening to Jeff's This Week in Innovation so you don't miss out. Fine. Keep everyone in suspense. I know it's worth it. And I'm going to give one last shout out to Avanade. We can't say enough about how grateful we are for you providing a space for you and Jeff and sponsoring this series for us. Thank you, Avanad. And I do also want to thank Jeff again. He's just absolutely awesome to work with and at this. I wish I could have joined you guys for those recordings, but as you know, NRF and startup life, uh, life we just got to divide and conquer. That's right. And 
One final thank you to Sheesh for helping us connect with M Robotics and Z Blocks. They're doing incredible things. I totally agree. And with that, Casey, this crossover event is a wrap. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a minute. Want to know more about what we talked about today? Take a look at the show notes and handy links for more deets. I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. And if you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Twitter at KCC Golden and Ricardo underscore Belmar, or find us on LinkedIn. Be sure and follow the show on Twitter at Retail Razor, on LinkedIn, and on our YouTube channel for the latest updates and content. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is the Retail Razor Show.